Dragon's Lair, the fantasy adventure where you become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon. You control the actions of a daring adventurer finding his way through the castle of a dark wizard who has enchanted it with treacherous monsters and obstacles. In the mysterious caverns below the castle, your odyssey continues against the awesome forces that oppose your efforts to reach the dragon's lair. Lead on, adventurer. Your quest awaits. Everyone loves a good adventure. Indeed. Everyone loves feeling like a hero. Everybody loves a slinky. That's true. <laughs> Everyone loves Don Bluth. And if they don't, they should be shot for treason. That's true. I mean, what? It's treason, then. <laughs> it's season, then. It's the season, then. And when they come together, everyone will love this episode. This is the story of Dragon's Lair. This is Toys R Us. Uh, what's your name, little buddy? Banjo. Ooh, a sparkly. Dragon's Lair, the fantasy adventure where you become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon. family in the big earth shake. Um, you want to go with me? Yeah! Oh, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I do, I do. Where am I? This is the great hall of judgment. Judgment? Oh, not to worry, Charlie. You'll go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven because unlike people, dogs are naturally good and loyal and kind. Huh, yeah, that's true. cock a what a day. Sun is shining brightly, cock-a-doo, sunny day, down here on the farm. Tumbleina! She's a funny little squirt. Tumbleina! Tiny angel in a skirt. Tumbleina! First she's mending, then baking, pretending she's making things hum. Tumbleina! A troll in Central Park. The Pebble and the Penguin. Dancing bear. Painted wings, things I almost remember, and a song someone sings once upon a December. Titan A.E. Get ready for the human race. Hello, everyone. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. I still need to buy that shirt. <laughs> That is the big picture of you McGregor Obi Wan that says, "Hello there, the angel from my nightmare." <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Toys R Us podcast, your history lesson on nostalgia one hundred and one. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me, as always, is my cousin and co-host Brian Muth. Hey, everybody, Brian. Today we're going to continue our quest to conquer Don Blue's filmography. Indeed, this time we're taking a trip into a lair. Oh. A dragon's lair. A dragon's lair. And while it isn't a film, it's still one of Don Bluth's best-known things. You are correct. 
Although it is the grandfather, I would say, of fucking quick time events, and for that, absolutely, I'll beat the shit out of him. Yeah, fucking quick time events, man. So stupid. They've ruined so many games. I'm just like, dude. I'm it's fighting. Like, I'm, I'm in a boss fight in this fucking Jedi game, and it's like, oh my god, you just took me out of the fight because I have to press circle. <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, with that being said. Are you ready to open up that layer? Let's pop some quarters in it. Oh, yes. Two of them. We are sure to do impossible things if you follow your heart. We started our story in 1983. Following the release of The Secret of Nim, it caught the attention of Rick Dyer. Dyer is a man that Network News would later go on to call a modern-day David, as in David and Goliath. Mm. For taking on big publishers like Atari, who dominated the arcade scene. It's true. He was an inventor, game designer, and the president of a company called RDI Video Systems. He made Laserdisc games and was looking to break into the home console market. Above all, Dyer wanted to make something different, something special. People were sick of computer graphic games, he said in an interview at the time of Dragon Lair's release. It didn't have appeal. They were tired of it. They wanted something a little more real. With the technology at the time, more real didn't mean photorealistic. It mm. meant something as detailed, intricate, and fluid as a film could be. It meant animation. Absolutely. Dyer approached Don Blues Productions, and they began to work on a game based on a prototype Dyer had already uh, developed. The budget was only $1 million. The studio couldn't, afire, uh, couldn't afford to hire actors, so what little voiceover the game does have was done in-house. Nice. Keeping it local. Hell yes. Legend has it that they used Playboy centerfolds as the body models for leotard-clad Princess Daphne. I've heard games that. Damsel. Yeah. Which makes sense, dude. Yeah. You get a bunch of fucking horny 30-somethings, you know? Like, yeah. Let's, uh, let's model her after this fucking yeah. Playboy centerfold, you know? Because she she does bear a striking resemblance to the, the slain Playboy playmate Dorothy Stratton. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They got all fucking Jay Giles band over here. <laughs> Angel from my centerfold. Nicely done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, about 13 people did 50,000 drawings to make up the character <laughs> Holy animation. Shit. That's daunting. That is... Man. That's daunting, man. I bet if, like, they had told them, like, from the get-go yeah. that they were doing that, nobody would have signed oh, up. Oh, hell no. They would have been like, nope. Sorry, pass. Hard pass, guys. Good luck to you, though. Yeah. Oh, you know. I hope you can make it through, but nah, I'm <laughs> stepping away. These were painted on cells and scanned onto hand-painted backgrounds. There were 24 drawings for each second of screen time. Yeah. The animation in Dragon's Lair might be top-notch, but the gameplay leaves something to be desired. Because it is difficult. Because it's just all fucking quick time offensive. Yeah. Uh, Blue found animating it an intriguing challenge. He needed to clearly communicate danger to the player, who would then press a button or move the joystick to indicate the direction the character needed to go and to avoid that danger. I thought, that's very interesting, Blue said. How can I design a game which will present enough of these moments in short little periods of time to where the game becomes exciting? But the key that's here... The question, isn't it? That's the question of the fucking hour, dude. And it's like... They made it happen, they but did. you boil it down, it's just fucking quick time events. It's true. Uh, 
the key here is that the player wasn't the one controlling the character. Every scene in Dragon's Lair was like a choose-your-own-adventure cutscene. Pressing a button at the right time or wrong time results in a scene where Dirk the Daring is either saved or killed. Yep. It's a binary with zero flexibility. That death animation is so good. It's iconic, and that's why and that's why people still fucking talk about Don Bluth and Dragon's Lair. You know, like that fucking arcade cabinet was packed with a fucking laser disc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how which was its downfall eventually? Yeah, it was, but Um, it it was constantly scrubbing and searching the disc for the correct scene to play, and as the result, it broke all the fucking time. Which is sad, man. It is. Uh, interactivity was so limited that beating the game was an exercise in uh, rote memorization. <laughs> yep. But the gaming public and network news ate it up. When Dragon's Lair came out in 1983, it took arcades by storm. It was expensive at 50 cents a play. Inflated, that's about a dollar fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it generated $48 million in revenue. And was the top arcade game of 1983. Boom. It was a hit at a time when arcades were just entering a years-long slump. A bright spot when everything else looked dire. It's hard to overstate what a phenomenon it was, and it's equally hard to express how people felt about it at that time. Dragon's Lair is as different from normal video games as Space Invader was to pinball, one news program said. That's really good analogy. Yeah, it's That's 100%. perfect. Yeah. Don Bluth hit the nail on the head when he spoke about the game's popularity in a recent Indiegogo video. I think what blew everybody away is that it was pictures. Yeah. Pictures startled everyone, and so it was very successful for that reason. Aside from the yes or no gameplay, this was the future of video games. The success of Dragon's Lair pointed to the barrier between films and games breaking down, and RDI video systems had nowhere to go but up. It helped that Atari's grip on the arcade market was slipping. It's true. Business had dropped in half over the last year, a news network claimed. Companies like Atari claim losses of more than $350 million. The slick, swift-paced space games are taking a nosedive, and analysts are predicting a crunch in the industry by Christmas. The craze has definitely peaked. All this allowed Rick Dyer to be pitted against the bigger companies by news company, or by new... mm, Against the bigger companies by Network News, as the David to Atari's Goliath. Nice. But this was true of Dragon Slayer and Dyer's next release, Space Ace. Space Ace has one sequence that could be symbolic in Dyer going head-to-head to a, uh, with Atari, said John Kuila for KFMB. A giant is shown destroying himself in the pursuit of a smarter and quicker hero. <laughs> The media wanted Dragon's Slayer to be big because it was something that finally made sense to people who didn't play video games. For people who have grown up on films, it was harder to understand why a, a game like Joust might be great, but easy to look at the beautiful animation of Dragon's Lair and believe that the gameplay must be just as refined as the visuals. And I think that speaks as to like why so many people, me included, like watching Let's Plays. Yeah. Because games now are, they're an event. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Like they're, they're, it's, it's movies that you can play. Yeah, it's like I spent... God knows how many hours watching, like, the stitched-together cutscenes of Death Stranding. Yeah. I mean, wow. You just get... And, like, without even playing it, you get so involved. You do. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Like, I hate, I hate like, jump-scare games. Yeah. But I'll watch people play the fuck out of them. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not going to do it. Yeah. My hat's off to you for doing it, but yeah. I'm sure as fuck not going to do it. So, yes, I will watch you play Resident Evil 7. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and have fun with that. I'm going to be over here. <laughs> you know, I'm really hoping that they do actually come out with the Resident Evil 3 remake like I've, they did the 2. I've seen I've seen shit that they're working out for. Oh, so. I hope so. I'd, I cannot <sighs> wait to see, like, a remastered Nemesis. Oh, I know. <laughs> Like, god damn, it's going to be grotesque. Fucking stars. Oh, man. Which, you know what? The movie did Nemesis pretty you know, well. For such a shitty movie, yeah, yeah, Nemesis was pretty rare. When you see Nemesis come out, you're like, you're like oh, holy shit. Oh, fuck. Because they, this is like and they teased tall. him. They teased him properly yeah. at the end of the first one. They're yeah. like, getting ready for the Nemesis, Nemesis project. Program. Yeah, like, yeah. Yes, like oh, I fucking knew it. After a year, the hype over Dragon Slayer was starting to fade. Arcades didn't like fragile laserdisc machines that broke with overuse. Nor did they appreciate that Dragon Slayer didn't really have replay value. Players memorized the moves, beat it, and didn't come back. Or they didn't beat it and got tired of spending money. Yeah. Rick Dyer, the man whose mind was light years in the future, followed up Dragon Slayer with a successful Space Ace. He went on to invent a, a console called Halcyon, which also played Laserdisc games and was intended to be voice activated, but his company went bankrupt and the console never took off. Ah, bummer. Ahead of his fucking time. Yeah, big time. I because mean, we're now you're fucking that. Yeah. And, you know, Don Bluth, well, Don Bluth Don is Don Bluth. Bluth. Yeah. In Dragon's Lair, the plot goes as follows, according to his own narration. Dragon's Lair, the fantasy adventure where you become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon. You control the actions of a daring adventurer finding his way through the castle of a dark wizard who has enchanted it with treacherous monsters and obstacles. In the mysterious caverns below the castle, your odyssey continues against the awesome forces that oppose your efforts to reach the Dragon's Lair. Lead on, adventurer. Your quest awaits. So like a medieval home alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, except you're playing Harry and Mark. Yeah. <laughs> From my perspective, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> Got him. Uh, the game is on rails, meaning the narrative is predetermined and the player has very limited influence on its progression. The game consists almost entirely of animated cutscenes. Players should execute an action at the correct time by selecting a direction or pressing a button in order to clear each quick time event. Comedic aspects of the game include bizarre-looking creatures and humorous death scenes, and the portrayal of the, char- or the player's character as a clumsy, easily scared, and reluctant hero. The player does not control the character's actions directly, but controls his reflexes with different full-motion video segments, playing for correct or incorrect choices, which FMVs yeah. have always been that shit, you know? Yeah. The game consists of a sequence of challenges played in a random order. Some scenes are played more than once before reaching the end, and additionally some scenes are flipped or mirrored such, they, such that the opposite actions, i.g. left instead of right, are required. Um, Do you know what I require? What's that? More knowledge. Ooh. From our fact finding friend, Fatty. Do it. In 2001, GameSpy ranked Dragon's Lair as number 7 on the top 50 arcade games of all time. Deservedly so. It was one of only three video games, along with Pong and Pac-Man, put in storage at the Smithsonian. 
baller. There has been just a fucking insane amount of ports. Oh, no doubt. I forgot to pull it up, but here it is. <clears throat> uh, just a fuckload, dude. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. The arcade. Yeah. The Coleco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ZX Spectrum. <laughs> Commodore 64. Uh, Amiga. DOS. Atari ST. Macintosh Plus. The original NES. Game Boy. Um, <laughs> Super NES. Sega CD. Sega Genesis. Atari Jaguar. <laughs> Windows 95. Home DVD players, Windows 98, Game Boy Color, PlayStation 2, Windows XP, Xbox, Home DVD players, Macintosh, GameCube, Xbox, Windows XP, PlayStation 2, Mobile Phone, (laughs) uh, Blu-ray players, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, iPhone, Nintendo DSi, the Wii, iPad, Nintendo DS, PlayStation Network, PSP, Android, Nintendo 3DS, Xbox Live Arcade, <laughs> Linux, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One. Whoa. It's like an, everyone is fucking represented. Yeah. Which, hey, think of any other game that has that. That's true. Yeah, like, yeah. everywhere. It gets everywhere. <laughs> Just like sand. Uh, it, of course, gets paid homage to... By them playing it in Season 2, Episode 1 of Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, Although the audio was recorded in mono, Dragon's Lair was the first video game with stereo sounds. In the arcades, the sound effects from user input would alternate speakers. So that's fucking cool. That is cool. And with that, our quest is complete. Join us tomorrow as we take on another tale. Until then, remember that QuickTime events have always sucked ass. It's true. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid.